So does prayer work? That's the question. Uh, you know, just kind of talking about what's gone on in my life this last month, I would say I have heard that phrase more than anything else, to say, oh, you're in my prayers. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that a whole lot, that whether it was people here or people there just saying, hey, um, we're keeping you in our prayers. But does it make a difference? Does prayer actually work? You know, if you're a guy like Abraham, as we heard in that first lesson today, I wonder if he asked that. I mean, there he was. He started off at God at 50, and he, he whittled God all the way down to 10. And you would say, well, yeah, prayer worked. Look, he kept changing God's mind. But what we didn't read was what happened the next day. If we would have kept on reading, we would have gotten to that section where Abraham got up the next morning and he looked out and he saw what many of us see often. He saw smoke. He saw smoke coming up from the city of Sodom and Gomorrah and he could have very much asked, so was it worth it? Did did prayer work? And maybe you've asked that over the course of your life. Maybe you prayed for a, a marriage your own marriage or, or a marriage that you knew about and, and, and things were struggling and so you, you prayed, Lord, strengthen this marriage. You know, reconcile these two people and then what happened? That marriage ended up in divorce and so you prayed or you wondered, was it worth it? Did, did prayer work? Or maybe you, you prayed for an addiction for you or for a loved one. You know, that, you know, just pray that, that that addiction gets kicked to the curb, and yet what happened? Over time, that, that addiction was still in the driver's seat, and so you ask, does prayer work? What has led you to maybe doubt the effectiveness of prayer in your life? Where you've asked, does prayer work? Uh, there are lots of reasons or lots of times uh, perhaps where we ask that. And, and I, I suppose whether or not how we answer that question, does prayer work, we really have to define, well, what does it mean to work? If you say that prayer is only about the results, if, if the result of prayer matches what I requested, Oh yes, then prayer works. But if that's how you define it, I hate to burst your bubble, prayer's not going to work. And as Jesus refocuses us today on just what prayer is and how it works, I, I think that's, that's one thing we want to walk away with, that prayer is not so much about the result as it is about the process. And to see how he blesses us through that process. And, and so we're going to read through uh, what Jesus says about prayer in Luke uh, chapter 11 today. Uh, that, that he really talks about this exercise that goes on. And so these words from Luke chapter 11. Uh, his disciples, the, the whole thing starts off with Jesus teach us to pray. And he, he gives them a version of the Lord's prayer which is a little bit different than what maybe you and I have learned or have relearned. Uh, so we're going to say that version today from Luke chapter 11, 
Uh, that's always a good indication. If you're ever wondering, like, why are there so many versions of the Lord's Prayer? Uh, Jesus had different versions of the Lord's Prayer, so take it up with him. All right. Um, uh, but uh, this is what Jesus said. When they asked him, how do we pray? Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. And so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And you start off by looking at that, that focus that Jesus gives to us on prayer. And you say, see, it's exactly what you and I thought about. It's about the results. I mean, you look at this first guy. He got what he requested. In fact, he got more than he requested because of his shameless audacity. Here he was, middle of the night, someone comes to his door, and, he, and hospitality is king in the Middle East. So you, you have to serve this guy. You have to house this guy. And he doesn't have enough food. So he goes to his neighbor and he knocks, you know, give me some bread, give me some bread. And at first he says, no, but if you're persistent enough, sure enough, he doesn't just get bread. Look how it ends there. He gets as much as he needs. Probably more than three loaves of bread. And we're like, see, it's all about the results. Prayer works. That's what we see. That's not what Jesus saw, though, with this little story that he told. Let's jump to the last verse of our section, and we, we see what Jesus saw, what he focused on. It wasn't so much about the blessings of bread. Look what he says here. He says, how much more? If you guys know how to give good gifts, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? See what Jesus is doing here? Yes, it is true. Our Heavenly Father gives blessings. Yes, it is true that our Heavenly Father gives bread. But it's not so much about the stuff. It's not so much about the, the, the results as it is about the spiritual. That's what he's, say, he's saying here. You know, in the end, it's all about the Holy Spirit working in your hearts. That's what the Father is going to give you. And that is what I want you to learn about, about pr prayer, that prayer is more of a spiritual exercise than it is a physical request. And then Jesus goes on to give us a three-step exercise plan. All right, it's about the Holy Spirit working in your hearts. Now, this is, this is how it happens. He says, first of all, ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. And you look at that first phrase from that, that pretty popular passage, and, and maybe our eyes go to the second part of that clause. Ah, see, it will be given to me. It's the results. But what's the verb? What's the action here? It's that word, ask. And what's the value of asking? Well, maybe think back to 
how nervous, what's the most nervous you've ever been to ask someone something? Guys, maybe it was when you had to ask your father-in-law for your, or your future father-in-law for your, your wife's hand in marriage. Or maybe fast forward, it was getting down on a knee and asking your, your girlfriend to become your fiancé. Or, or maybe before that, it was, it was when you were a pimple-faced teenager and you had to ask a girl to a first date, to a homecoming, or to a prom. And you were super, super nervous about that. And your, your palms were sweaty and your hands were in a knot. Or your, your, your stomach was in a knot. Or maybe, maybe it's something more serious. Maybe it's like asking people for money can always be uncomfortable. You kind of go uh, humbly, almost, almost scared, maybe embarrassed uh, to ask for, for money. Maybe it's, maybe it's just asking help for some menial task. You know, we're so proud, I can do this on my own. Right? I'll, I'll dare never ask for help. But what happens? What happens if you have sweaty palms and you're not sure if you should ask for help even though you, need, you know you need to ask? And then that person that you want to go to comes up to you and they break the ice and say, Hey, do you want to ask me something? Uh, do you need help with something? That doesn't necessarily erase the nerves but it certainly settles them a little bit. Because now you, you are informed and you are more comfortable knowing that this person that you were so nervous to approach is listening. And you know that they're caring about what, what is causing those sweaty palms and those, those knots in your stomach. They, you, get, you get to know that you have an audience and that they care. Well, you consider what God does for us here. <clears throat> he doesn't just come up to us and say, hey, you want to ask me something? He commands it. Ask me something. Keep on asking. In other words, I care about you. I, I want to know you. I, I want to know what's causing you to have sweaty palms and, 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 and racing hearts and, and naughty stomachs. I I want to listen. I care about you. And now you think about that, that regardless of the results, the fact that you even ask God, what does that do for you spiritually? That spiritual exercise reminds you that I have a God who cares about me. That, that spiritual exercise of just asking God reminds you that you have a relationship with him. That is not a small thing. Again, regardless of the results of your prayer, just going through this step of asking reminds us that we have a relationship with God. But he doesn't stop there. Right? Jesus goes on to tell his disciples, ask, ask and it will be given to you. And then he goes on and he says, step two of your exercise is seek. Now, whenever you hear that word seek, what do you guys think of? Hide and seek. You can't help but think of that childhood game, right? You know how to play hide and seek. You close your eyes, you count to ten. Then you open your eyes, and what do you say? Hey, Andy, you hiding behind that tree over there? Or Susie, you hiding under the bed under there? No, you don't do that. You actually physically have to go and seek them. You can't just yell, are you over there? Are you under here? 
Well, you think about that now, what happens in that game and how that applies to prayer. So instead of just yelling, Andy, are you hiding behind the tree? For the most part, every time you go and seek someone, they're not at the first place you look, unless you're playing with someone really dumb and they go and hide in the same spot every time, right? But if I go and I'm seeking Andy behind that tree, what happens? He's not going to be behind that tree, but what might I catch in my peripheral vision? Ah, Andy's hiding behind the truck, right? I see him behind the tire. Or instead of seeing Susie hiding under the bed, she's not going to be there, but what do I see? Oh, I see that that perfect spot in the closet where there's all these clothes hanging out, and I know I'm going to hide there next time when I'm not it because nobody's ever going to find me there. In many ways, that's how prayer works. As God invites us to seek, we may not find the results. We may not see God hiding behind the tree. But what will God do? He'll often lead us to see him somewhere else. You see, as we seek, how do we seek God? We seek God only one way, through his word. Prayer is our, t- our talking with him, right? But in order to, the way that he talks to us is only through his word. So he says, if you want to seek me, seek me here. You know, and I think we miss that sometimes with prayer. Sometimes we, we you know, somebody will be going through a tough time in life and they'll say, well, I prayed about it. Yeah, but did you listen? This is how he speaks to us. And as we seek him in his word, you're right, we may not find him where we thought we would find him, but we'll find him somewhere else. Or we may not find God hiding underneath the bed, but we might find something that helps us in the future. That's why God gives us this special exercise, to continue to seek him. Because we are going to find so much more than you and I even asked for. You know, there's that beautiful section in Ephesians 3 that says, well, God can do so much more than we ever asked or imagined. That's the beautiful spiritual exercise of Jesus' command here. As we seek him, that we find more than we ever, ever even imagined. And then we get to that third point. So we ask, we seek, and then we, he says knock. Now there's a couple ways to knock. Uh, this is harder to do in the age of ring doorbells. Um, but you used to maybe, if you didn't really want to go and see someone, you'd, you'd sneak up onto their porch and you'd... Oh, nobody's home. You scatter off the porch and you go back to your car. Sometimes that would happen if you ever did like cold call evangelism where you wanted to, where we would go door to door to try to see if there's anybody that doesn't know about Jesus. And, and, and you, all of a sudden your fear of talking about Jesus would get the best of you and so you just... That's not what Jesus is talking about here, right? When he says, knock, I want you to to rap on that thing. He says, I want you to, this is one of those situations where you're on the doorstep and you can see the person inside and you can hear the, the noise, you can hear the music and you're like, you know they are home and so you are going to knock with a sense of expectancy. You are going to knock with a sense of hope that, that you know they are going to open that door for you and you're going to either get the conversation that you wanted or the treasure or whatever it is. You know, it's like, like trick-or-treating. When you knock on a door and you see people inside, you're a little bit more excited to knock on that door than if the lights are out. That's what God's talking about here when he says knock. Knock with a sense of expectancy. Knock with a sense of of hope. 
And, and, and that is so valuable. Again, regardless of the result, think again to trick-or-treating. What happens in your excitement if, if, if you can even see the, the bowl of candy sitting on the, on the table and you're knocking? You haven't gotten it yet, but you are so excited for about what's to happen. That's what God wants for us. That's how we say, talk about prayer. Do so with a, with a sense of expectancy and a, and, a, and, a, and a sense of hope. And you think about how valuable that is for us spiritually. You talk to a doctor on a negative standpoint, when they say, you know, they will often tell you they know when a patient's going to die. And it's not always because medical reasons make it so evident. It's often mental reasons first. As soon as they lose hope, as soon as they lose their will to fight, that's what sparks the, the downward spiral medically. And so God here is saying, I don't want you to have that. I want you to come to me with this, this sense of expectancy, with this, this sense of hope. But what if it's false hope? What if it's not real? That's the question. What if we ask and we seek and we knock and we just never seem to get what we want? Does prayer work? Again, you go back to that opening scenario. I, I said to my, I said, you know, over the last month, I have probably gotten at least 100 texts or emails or phone calls saying, hey, you're in my prayers. And some prayers were, Pastor, please stay. And some pa- prayers were, Joel, please come. And some prayers were just, oh, may you have clarity, may you have peace. Uh, very likely because there were specific prayers all across the board, people could say right now, well, did prayer work? And again, go back to your scenarios where your results maybe weren't what you requested. Did those prayers work? I would hope and pray that today you walk away saying, yeah, no matter what the results, those prayers worked. Because as you asked, and as you continue to ask, what are you reminded of? You are reminded that you have a relationship with God. That is prayer working. As you seek God in his word, And you are reminded that what you see there is that you see a Savior who lived and died for you. That is prayer working. Or as you knock with this sense of of expectancy and hope, knowing that there is a treasure that's waiting for you that is more than you could have ever imagined. That is prayer working. God always has your best interests in mind. You know how he ended this section was, hey, if you are asking for a, a fish, God's not going to give you a snake. If you're asking for an egg, God's not going to give you a scorpion. So too. As you ask, God is going to bless. 
as you see a father, as, the, as, he gives, as he gives you the Holy Spirit who shows you a father who provides for you. As you seek and he gives you a Holy Spirit who shows you a Savior who loved and died for you. As you knock and he shows you a heaven that is filled with treasures. There is nothing better than that. And yeah, when you're in heaven, when you're in heaven, you won't have to pray. Right? Because everything that you ask for will already have been given to you. Everything that you seek will already have been found. And there will be no knocking. Because the doors, the doors will never be shut to you. And so God's blessings, as you continue in your life of prayer, ask and seek and knock with that confidence that the Lord will never give you a snake, will never give you a scorpion, but he will give you far, far beyond what you could ever imagine. Amen. At this time, I would ask uh, to, to kind of drive the point home.